Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 309 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Michelle Chow. Michelle lives in Hamilton in Ontario in Canada, and she is a teacher in adult education. Welcome, Michelle. Hi. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I always never know how to say things for Canada. Hamilton in Ontario in Canada. Did that sound right? Sure. <laughs> we Americans are terrible at Canadian geography. <laughs> Maybe not all of them, all of us, but I am. Anyway, we admit, I see that you're on Eastern Standard Time, just like me, though, right? 
Yeah, yeah. We're in the same time zone, so that's always good. <laughs> Not too far from Toronto or Niagara Falls, so in that area. Yeah, well, I, I kind of have an idea of where that all is. But then there's that whole – but, you know, parts of the United States are like that too. It's like this whole big area. If you haven't been there, I guess you don't really know because we both are in very big countries that are very diverse from sea to shining sea. Definitely. So after the, the geography lesson, <laughs> you know I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Okay, well, two things I have to say first. I did not really get into intermittent fasting the first time I heard about it. It was definitely the second time. And I did not get into intermittent fasting for weight loss, although that is a significant part of my story. Um, But it is not the beginning. It is not what brought me to intermittent fasting. And it's also not why I'm staying with intermittent fasting. So there's all of that. But all of that said, I will start in chronological order, I guess. So at the beginning. So I grew up, I was always the chubby kid. I was overweight as a kid. I remember like being teased a little bit and just saying like, oh, it's just baby fat, you know? Like, yeah. And if I was old enough to remember calling it baby fat, it obviously wasn't baby fat anymore. So, right. It yeah. was sinking in. That certainly didn't feel good, right? Yeah. So yeah, I was overweight through high school. Then when I went and went to university, started living on my own at some point, I don't know, ended up definitely in the obese category. Maybe that was after, after university, I moved and taught English in South Korea and had a lot of disposable income and fun to be had and food to eat and drinks to be had. So I don't know if that's when I ended up in the obese category, but it was definitely, you know, a struggle of my whole life. So just about the South Korea you taught in South Korea. I have a niece who similar path. She taught in South Korea and she actually has a fiance who is South Korean. Oh, exciting. is that where you met your now husband? Um no, we actually okay. met uh, no <laughs> he, he he's Chinese Canadian but we met in Canada. <laughs> okay, I just wondered cuz she my niece um started off teaching for the the Peace Corps in China of all places when she was there when COVID hit. Like she was literally in China and that she had to like flee the country to get back to America. But she ended up going to South Korea still during the pandemic, but but living in South Korea. And now she's back uh, in the United States. But her fiance is South Korean and it's the, her greatest gift from being there. <laughs> no, especially with, you know, we've seen what technology can do over the last few years. I wonder how many more like foreign teachers they'll, that they'll want to live abroad when you could easily just... Do it from your home country on I don't know. Online. She loved being there. I don't I mean there was no substitute, I think, for that that interaction. She loved everything about being in China and everything about being in South Korea. Yeah, I loved it. Definitely an experience I would recommend for all young people to yep. to go and then come home, I think is the best. I'm living back home now, but right. um, after after many years away. So I think that's that's a great experience I think for most people to have. But but you came back from South Korea and you were obese and struggling with your weight. So yeah. that was that was a tough time. Yeah. And at that time I didn't have I was married, I didn't have kids yet. So I had a lot of you know free time. And then after that, um so I, I went and I did my teacher's college and then I was sort of underemployed for a little while. So I had a lot of free time. And there was a period where I did lose weight pretty successfully and by eating less and moving more. Right. 
But like I said, I was underemployed, had no responsibilities, had tons of time to spend at the gym. And I really enjoy that. Um, I love, you know, a hard workout that makes you sweaty and feeling strong, lifting things. And, you know, so I liked that. But as soon as I got a full-time job, the weight just started coming back on, crept back on little by little. And anytime I tried to lose weight, I was able to you know, lose a little bit, but then there was always something would prevent me from keeping at it. And so the weight kept creeping back, eventually ended up getting married, ended up having a miscarriage. And that was oh, a, so a source of, you know, eating your feelings and oh, yeah. gaining weight from that, which, uh, you know, is what it is. Then um, two healthy pregnancies after that. But again, you know, baby weight came along with that. Mm-hmm. And after each pregnancy, I was able to you know, get back down to my pre-pregnancy weight, but that was in the obese category. And so that was sort of, you know, where I was. Just yo-yoing, but not yo-yoing very far down. Yeah, going no. up, going down, but still sticking in that obese. And, you know, people can't see you. I can see you. You do not have the look of anybody who's ever been obese. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's well. funny, you know, I get the Google Photos like reminders. Like, so right. I actually got a reminder this morning of two years ago, which is I've been fasting for just a little over two years now. And I like couldn't recognize myself. I was so like, and it was a picture of me and my son. Oh, at the time he was two and now he's four. So from that age, they change quite a bit. And I was like, oh my God, he looks like the same and I look so different. Wow. Well, that's just remarkable because, you know, when we first started talking and you were talking about how, you know, the second time you didn't start for the weight loss, I was like, all right, she's somebody who's never needed to lose a lot of weight. That's certainly how you look. But to know that you've come from obesity to looking just like that's the body you've always had, that's how I feel too, you know. It feels like it. Like it feels like this is how I'm supposed to be and how I'm supposed to live. So. Yeah. So that's why I said I'm not sticking with it for the weight loss. I'm sticking with it for how I feel. But it almost, you know, it's been a long time for me. It's been since, you know, 2014, 2015. But I can barely remember what it was like to be to be in that body. So anyway, I just had to pop that in there. All right. So you were still obese. So then the, I know this was at the beginning of COVID, but it must have been the very beginning of COVID. Because I remember we were like in the whole isolation thing. Right. And my husband, probably just because it was COVID and he had more time on his hands. I don't know. He just found this article and it was about, oh, is it Dr. Walter Longo? The, the, it um, might have been Mark Matson. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the uh, New England Journal of Medicine. It was about okay. fasting through chemotherapy. The, yeah, that yeah. and the Longo fasting mimicking diet. Yep, I don't know That's if it was Longo. one article or two articles, but it was those two things together are in my brain. As he just mm-hmm. you know randomly came in one day and was like, "Hey, read this article," and it was about yeah the fasting mimicking diet and how the fasting prevents the side effects of right. chemotherapy. Chemo. And now, okay, mm-hmm. I know this is like your stance. This is also my stance listen to your medical professionals. Like, you know, I'm never going to go against anyone who needs an oncologist, but you know, so I just had it tucked away in the back of my mind. Like, oh my gosh, if I ever get cancer, I'm going to do this fasting thing. Like now I should say 
both of my pregnancies, actually all three of my pregnancies, I had terrible nausea. Like I had okay. to tell my principal, as I'm a teacher, I had to tell my principal I was pregnant when I was like five weeks pregnant because I had already been missing work. Like I had terrible nausea. So I found this thing that said, when you fast through chemotherapy, you don't get nausea. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'm putting that in the safe space in the back of my mind where I will come back to this. But then that was it. Again, as I said, that didn't talk about weight loss. So it didn't clue into me like, hey, maybe I should try it for that. But it was just tucked in the back of my mind. So then we continue on. And so that was at the beginning of 2020 at some point. Mm -hmm. Then the end of 2020, my sister was actually diagnosed with breast cancer. Actually, it was the beginning of 2021. By the end of 2020, she knew something was up and she was diagnosed in the beginning of that next year. And I immediately thought, I want her to fast through chemotherapy. So I need to do this so that I can show her that it can be done. You wanted to support your sister yeah. on her journey. I love that. And what I had read in the article was like doing 72 hour fasts, like 48 hours before the chemotherapy and then after, or I can't remember exactly, but so to me, like as someone who had never fasted probably for more than 12 hours in a row. Oh no, wait, one right. time in high school, I did a 24 hour fast for a charity thing, but you know, like okay, 72 hour fast just seems crazy. It seems impossible. Right. And so I said, okay, I have to do this so I can show her that she can do this. Right. And that was how um, I got into it. And I'm going to say, I I didn't say this when you mentioned it before, but I'm a hundred percent with you. If I were ever diagnosed with something like cancer, I would look for an oncologist who understands using fasting in conjunction with whatever treatment might be appropriate for what I've got because, you know, they're out there. Yeah. So that was how I started. And I was very highly motivated because I really wanted her to do this. And I really wanted to, you know, work my way up to a 72 hour fast, which I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I better start right now. So right. I went to Google, went to Facebook, looked things up, and I found the Delay, Don't Deny Facebook groups. And then through that, I found Delay, Don't Deny book and your podcast, and then found the obesity code. And so within a few days, I just got everything I could get. So it started with Facebook, went through all the Facebook posts, read all the books that I saw that were recommended. So within a few days, I had already read Delay, Don't Deny and The Obesity Code. And then I started. So I started with a 16-hour fast with the goal of those 72-hour fasts. And then by the time I had gotten to doing about 20-hour fasts regularly, like every day, we found out that my sister did not need chemotherapy. So, oh, good. Yeah. So she's healthy now, thankfully. She was I'm so glad. To, I was yeah. waiting to hear Sorry, that. Sorry, I should have like, no, put that's that in. okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. So she, she was able to get medical treatment and she's healthy now, but she didn't need chemotherapy after all. 
And so by this point, you're like, hey, there's going to be some weight loss benefits, right? Yeah. By the time we knew that she didn't need chemotherapy, I didn't look it up on my records, but I think I was probably about two months in already. And through the transition phase, because I definitely had a transition phase, yeah. but already starting to see the weight loss and the benefits and feeling really good. So I was like, I guess, I guess I do this now, you know, and I had read so much by that point and just like fully on, on the bandwagon, like reading everything, everyone's success posts on Facebook and everything. And just seeing like, okay, this is where I go from here. Like I'm doing, I'm an intermittent faster now. I love it. That is, that is such a great way to come into it. I don't know if I, I mean, I've, I've talked to a lot of people. I'm not sure if I've ever heard anybody come to it through the the same way that you did, but your husband just happened to show you that article and it stuck in your head. Oh yeah. I mentioned it, it wasn't it. the first time I heard about it though. So I mentioned oh, was it not? That, that one period where I was able to lose weight. And as I said, yeah. that was by eating less and moving more and going to the gym tons and working out hard. and tracking my food and weighing out my calories. And I just like, I was good at it. Like I knew how many calories were in what food and I was good at working out and I liked it. But then somewhere around that time, actually, it might've been right as I was fully employed and had sort of not given up, but stopped being so intense. And I had heard of people who were losing weight just by skipping breakfast. And I was like, what a stupid thing. Like, I just remember thinking those people were yeah. so stupid. Like, I know how to lose weight. I know how many minutes you need on the exercise bike and right. what weights you need to lift. And I know how many calories are in a quarter cup of almonds. And I know how to lose weight. Skipping breakfast. What a stupid thing. I just remember thinking that. Like, sorry, I'm That's so, so sorry. Funny. I was so judgmental at the time. Well, and it's like ingrained in our heads that, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You need a big breakfast to boost your metabolism. Yeah. Breakfast like a king. You and dinner I like also, a pauper. I mean, it was things. also around the same time that I heard of people putting butter in their coffee. And I was just like, no, you guys, that's wrong. It's silly. Don't do it. No. Well, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to say no to that one. I also, <laughs> as well, I've never actually tried it, but I don't think I ever will. <laughs> well, I will say I, of course, tried it when, when the whole Bulletproof Diet book first came out and, you know, I was trying everything during that period of time and I bought some coconut oil and put it in my coffee and that was just made me feel really ick. Yeah, I don't imagine liking it. So <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty no. open to food and drinks. I usually like most things, but anyways. It did not make me feel great. I tried it. I didn't lose any weight <laughs> the whole time, <laughs> but it didn't make me feel good either. So I was like, all right, the end of that. You know, butter, I could probably do better. Cream, yes. Cream is delicious, but... No for the coconut oil. And then they were just putting plain MCT oil, which was supposed to be better and you could buy it directly from Asprey and it was specially pure. And I bought that. And that was like even worse than coconut oil, if that's possible. I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just got that oiliness to it. Yeah. And no, no it wouldn't fun. have a good mouthfeel. No, I didn't like it. But yeah, that, that was really popular right around that time. Yeah. So the first time I heard about fasting, again, it wasn't like the same thing, but I heard about it at the same time as buttering mm -hmm. coffee. I just thought, no, skipping breakfast. No, that's not right. That's not how you lose weight. How silly. I'm not going to do that. And then the second time I heard about it, 
it was about the health benefits of fasting. And then I happened to lose weight quite easily once I started. And I love that. There we go. So when you started the fasting, um, what do you remember what you weighed around that time? Um, Yeah, I was. So at my heaviest weight ever was when I was pregnant with my second son. And when I started fasting, I wasn't quite as heavy, but I was almost. And as I said, I had gotten back down to my pre-pregnancy weight, which was like 220 pounds was my pre-pregnancy weight. When I started fasting, I was 248. Okay. And you are, how tall did you say? How, how tall I'm five. Oh, I'm taller now than I used to be. That's one of I'm my- I'm taller too, which I don't understand. That's one so. of my non-scale <laughs> victories. I am five, six and a half. And I had gotten a new doctor like previous. And so I had been officially weighed and had my height taken. And I, I was never five, six. I always used to say I were five, six, but I was just a little bit less than five, six. And then my dad always measures all of the grandkids every Super Bowl Sunday. So we have this little height chart of all the grandkids. And so this year, I don't know why he decided to do the grownups this year too. And, and I was more than five, six. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not more than five, six. And then he put me back to back against someone who I used to always be shorter than, and I was taller than that person. And I was like, I think I may have grown. And okay, so, that's really funny yeah, because I've, my story is I, I might have shrunken than grew. I don't really know how tall I am now. It's like a big mystery because my driver's license says I'm five six, and that's weird because I don't remember ever claiming to be five six. But we're in back in South Carolina, and I used to live here, and then we moved to Georgia. And when I came back to South Carolina last May to get my you know, get my new driver's license. They're like, oh, you're renewing. And I'm like, well, I haven't had a license since 1998. They're like, nope, nope, you're renewing. You've got the same number you had. And so I noticed later it said I was 5'6". And I'm like, did I claim to be 5'6 back in 98? And that's why it's there. I don't know. But I always thought I was 5'5". And Chad measured me. I wanted to see if I was shrinking, like, I don't know, a couple years ago. And he's like, you're you're not 5'5", you're 5'6". I'm like, what? Anyway, yeah. I don't really know. So, yeah, recently, I so I went back to the doctor about, I don't know, maybe a month ago, a month and a half ago. And so at that time, I was like, I know this sounds silly, but can you see how tall I am? And I am. I am taller than five, six. So I have That's heard. so funny. I don't know. I think just maybe with the weight, like, literally, like, pulls you down. I don't know maybe. if my spine has decompressed with that, but I have grown. <laughs> I think I might have too, but I don't know. But I always had in my head five five. But that's yes, we could not put that in the fasting books. You might grow. No. <laughs> I know some Smaller. of the things. Right, people like just think you're a crazy person if you say too much. But <laughs> but I really was expecting to be shorter than I had in my head. And then when he said no, you're you're closer to five six maybe in a little. I'm like, what? That doesn't make sense. We had to remeasure, but who knows? You can't go back in time and measure for real. So no, right? Yeah, <laughs> but my. Two but official cool. measurements at the doctor's office, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty that, firm on you mine. You are, yep, you are five <laughs> six and a half. That's great. I love it. So you started off with fasting at 248, and I know that that you know whether we're five five or five six, I'm still going to say I'm five five. <laughs> I'm so used to saying it, but um, that that that's a lot of weight to carry around on our on our little frames. Yeah, and so once I started, it just. As I said, there was definitely a transition period, but it just started falling off 
Yeah. And I didn't have one of those, you know, I see some people say, you know, in the first 10 days, you know, like 20 pounds, 15 pounds, like not like that. I didn't have one of those, but just like really consistently at the beginning, two pounds every single week for the first little, like for the first six months, probably like the first six months. Yeah. I lost 50 pounds in the first six months. Wow. When your body's ready, it is ready. Yeah. The next six months was like 28 pounds. The next six months is another 18 pounds. And then wow. the last six months. So now I'm like pretty, I don't know. I used the word maintenance when I emailed you, but I'm not totally sure. The last six months I've lost four pounds, but okay. I don't know if I'll keep going at this point. As I said, like, I don't care. I don't care where I end Your up. Your body just doing what it yeah, does. This is just so where, where are I'm, you about right now? Like I'm you're around. consistently in the one forties. So lost over a hundred pounds and wow. Yeah. don't know if it will end up being 110 or not, but yeah. Happy I to love say that, that you're just going to let it happen. Your body will do what it does. You don't have a number in your mind. Probably when you were 248 pounds, you never dreamed that you would lose over 100 pounds. Absolutely not. And I didn't think it was possible. Like I said, when I had lost weight that other time, again, and I was in my 20s, I'm almost 40 now. So I just thought like, there's no way if my body couldn't do it when I was in my 20s and working out a ton, how could it possibly do it now? Like, I just couldn't imagine. So. I didn't have a goal weight in mind, but I did have like little goals along the way. Sort of like if I can get to that next goal, I'll be happy with that, you know? And if I could get to that next goal, I'll be happy with that. And now I'm I'm less than I was when I had lost weight that other time and wow. And this is easy. Like this is phenomenally easy and that was phenomenally hard and I couldn't even get this far then. So it's just not even comparable. It's so different. Well, I love that. I mean, and your body, like I said, it just was ready to go. And that was faster weight loss than we normally expect. (laughs) People listening, don't compare yourself if you're having slow weight loss, but some people do have that really quick weight loss. I actually lost my weight pretty quickly. And I think a lot of that has to do with the period of time right before I started. I had just given up and I was just eating whatever and gaining weight. And so I think I was boosting my metabolism. So then when I was ready to start with intermittent fasting, the weight just, you know, was ready to go. What were you in the previous years right before intermittent fasting? Was that probably true for you as well? Well, I wasn't doing any sort of like really restrictive diet or anything like that. Yeah. So it was about a year into COVID. At the very beginning of COVID, I was like being pretty, pretty like I hate using the words good and bad, but yeah, I know what you mean though, but like being kind of conscientious, you were being conscientious. Yeah. And a little bit of that was because we were trying not to go to the grocery store so much. So we were like, you know, like get it, you know, if my mom was going shopping, she'd pick us up a few things. My sister was going shopping, she'd pick me up a few things. So I was like, I don't want other people to see it. I'm not going to like get my mom junk food. (laughs) I get it. I get it. There was that. Yeah. But then, then there was a little bit of just more like not caring as much. And then when I started, yeah, so there wasn't any particular like restrictive diet that was happening before or anything like that. I was just eating whatever and yeah. Well, I, I love that it was that it felt easy for you. And what what was your approach? What protocol were you using? I know you you mentioned that you started around 16, 8, but then you got down to about 24 before long. Is that what you've? 
Yeah, I started with 16-8 and then sort of worked my way up. I tried to add an hour to my fast every week. And then by the time I got to about 24, it just felt really easy. And I had been having, you know, like, you know, when I was 16-8, I was doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner in that eight hours. And then I quick enough went to just lunch and dinner. And then when I got to 24, I was like, this is, it's easier to just have like a snack and then dinner. So that was pretty much. And then I mostly, then I kind of stopped trying to extend my fast because I didn't have that goal of the 72 hour fast anymore. So I pretty much kept approximately um, 24 on average. Okay. But now that, so at that time, oh no, I was working at that point. So now I'm pretty much like, I'll fast until I'm done work for whatever that that is that day. And then we always have fam dinner as a family. And then I'm done eating after dinner. So throughout the work week, it's often like 21, 22 hour fast. And then the weekend, it might be it might be the same or it might be 18 or 19 or 20, just sort of depending what's going on on the weekend. And then holidays, you know, like I'll. I don't care. Like if it's Christmas and I'm eating all day, I'm eating all day. And that's just, that's a day of celebration and there's no guilt and there's no, you know, it's just normal life celebration. I love it. That's it. Well, I love that you just, you just use time restricted eating the whole time, the eating window approach and you naturally varied it, but you didn't like need to do alternate daily fasting or adding in the longer fasts to lose the weight. And I think that this is really important because some bodies do need a little something extra, but, you know, I lost the weight with time-restricted eating, and um, there's a new fasting book coming out that I had an early look at, and it says time-restricted eating is not effective for weight loss, and I was like, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I, I mean, there are definitely people who may need some, you know, alternate daily fasting or whatever, but you lost over 100 pounds with time-restricted eating. I lost 80 pounds with time-restricted eating. So it can be done. Yeah. And I have done a few longer fasts, and I really like how they feel. But I also mm-hmm. really like eating. And we like having dinner as a family. You know, I have two little kids. So that's like something, like we always have sit-down dinner as a family. So that's something that I don't want to give up regularly. Exactly. If I were at a different stage of life, or like if they didn't live at home anymore, I think I would try alternate daily fasting just because I really, really like how I feel when I'm fasted. But then, you know, who knows? Maybe at some point I will, maybe not. I've done a few just to see how it feels. Actually, it was a couple of times when my husband was away for work. So, you know, when it's when he's away for work, which is not very often, but it's you know easy enough to just give the boys some, you know, eggs and toast for dinner and not eat with them, right? So twice I have done that. One other time I did an extended fast that I did each, you know, the two days in a row. So it wasn't two overnights, but it was like a 30 hour fast. I ended up eating at like 10 p.m. because I had my son to the hospital. And then we were like 3 p.m. Like, okay, we're going to the ER now. And then I didn't have any food. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to eat some vending machine food. So I guess I'm fasting through this. And he wasn't allowed to eat when we were there. Um, so I was like, okay, I guess we're both not eating dinner. And so that was another one, but I did eat that. But it was an accidental, <laughs> but it's, I hope he was okay. Oh, he, oh no, the one. silliest story. We have a garden 
and he decided to take some peas, green peas from the garden, and stick one up each nostril. And oh. only one came out. So Well, that is so funny because we went to the hospital with an eraser in the ear. Yeah. <laughs> Cal, when Cal is in kindergarten, his teacher showed up at my classroom door, which is never a good sign when your child's teacher is there with your child at your door while you're teaching. You're like, oh God, what's happening? And she said, Cal, tell your mama what's in your ear. And he had a little speech thing. A little sp- well, he said his speech wasn't quite developed yet at the age of five. And he said, an <laughs> And I'm like, why is that in your ear? He was in music class. He just stuck it in there. We <laughs> we had to go to the hospital. Luckily, they had a special tool. They could dig it right out. But your son, did he have to have surgery? To get no, it thankfully, no. But, you know, we were there in the emergency room. But, of course, this is not an emergency, right? So we, you know, we had to wait quite a while. Uh, Rightly so, right? People yeah. who were, had a more urgent problem got seen quicker than us. Um, well, the doctor yeah. said to him, he said, don't put anything like that in your ear ever again. And and something about your nose. And Cal, I could tell he was thinking about it. Like, maybe I could put it in. I'm like, no, don't put it in your nose either. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless the fun of, of parenthood. So, you know, you didn't need to eat. You were fasting. It wasn't an emergency. You yeah, it was eat. fine. And yeah. he was hungry, but he wasn't allowed to eat in case they had to put him out, which right. they didn't. It was simple. Once we were seen, it was simple to get it out. But it was one of those They things. have a special tool at the emergency <laughs> room that goes inside those openings. <laughs> He's not the first <laughs> child to have done that. That's why they have a special exactly. tool. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how old is he now? He's six now and is still quite embarrassed okay. by whenever that comes up. So I don't think he'll do it again. And neither will Well, Cal's 25 <laughs> and never put anything inside of his nose or ears that I'm aware of that yeah. got stuck <laughs> ever again. But <laughs> anyway, so you're like me in the fact that it's easier to work in the fasted state. Oh, definitely. And so you just fast My till you're done with your so work. Sharp. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. definitely. I would not want to eat before I finished working ever. No. Like, and that, that naturally causes some variation from day to day. Like yesterday, I recorded a podcast till I, I didn't get home till 5.30 after recording. And so I didn't open my window till I had a little bit of hummus while I was, you know, getting ready to fix dinner. Then I had dinner and that was, that was it for the day. It was a pretty short window. Today, I'll be done with you around 2, home around 2.30, probably open around 3. And it just, you know, naturally varies from day to day and it's no big deal. Yeah, so I'm similar with that, especially with the weekends. At the beginning, I was quite strict. And it was also, again, because it was during COVID, like there was no going out for dinner. There was no meeting up for coffee and a muffin. There was nothing like that. So it was very easy to keep with like a, so being strict. But now I'm very, very flexible. If something comes up in the morning, if I want to, then I will break my fast. If I don't, I'll have black coffee. No big deal. And as well, a lot of variation with how much I eat on a day, even if it might be the same time frame. Like there are some days where I'm hungrier and some days I'm not as hungry. So just I'm able to listen to my body and know what it wants. And it's incredible. I really, really think that is the key to daily eating window, time-restricted eating, one meal a day, whatever you want to call it, being sustainable for long-term weight loss is the variability. You know, no two days are exactly the same for me either. It's when, you know, someone narrowly defines it as exactly the same, eats the same exact amount from day to day. That's when you're more likely to plateau or have, 
the issues. Like if you're someone who's 21, three every single day and you always have the exact same amount of food, but you have some days where you're hungrier and you listen. Yeah. And I can tell that my body does not care about calories at all. And I get like, you, you were kind to compliment and say that I don't look like I've had, you know, have a lot of weight to lose left, but I, I definitely do have, you know, there's still stored energy on my body, but it does not matter at all how many calories ate in a day, but my body can tell if I have not had a lot yes. of nutrients. Yeah. It is so, there are some days and I don't count calories or track or measure food at all anymore, but I still have it in the back of my mind. Like I still know um, what's, you know, energy dense food and what's not. And there, and I, I typically open my window with a very similar snack, which again is not, it's not like low in calorie, but it is high in nutrients. And there are some days where I'm just like, okay, I had a huge plate of veggies and hummus and I have yogurt and fruit. And then I'm full after my snack and then dinner, I'm like, I'm not really hungry. So, you know, like I'm not going to have a big dinner that day. And I know like if I counted it up, maybe that was less than a thousand calories, but it was like packed full of nutrients and my body's happy. Yep. And then the next day, maybe I'm more hungry and I will eat more calories or maybe not because I've had so many nutrients that my body's like, yep, we're good. Everything's good. Yeah. Our bodies do not eat calories. They count nutrients. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like, I'm just able to listen. Like, in the past, I couldn't, or maybe it's the opposite. In the past, I did, but I was listening to the wrong things. I used to listen to my ghrelin. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, if you've read the obesity code, you've seen that graph, you know that your ghrelin spikes at those times where you usually right. eat. So if you're usually eating often, you usually feel hungry at those times. So there would have been times in the past where I like, had gone to a buffet for my aunt's birthday for lunch. And then three hours later, oh, it's dinner time. Now all of a sudden I'm hungry because my ghrelin is telling me I'm hungry now. But obviously not. I packed myself at the buffet, right? So I would listen to that in the past. But now I listen to what my body needs, actually. You can tune in and say, do I need to put more food in there? No, I don't. (laughs) Yeah. I have had enough. (laughs) Or I can say, like, what food do I need to put in? Yeah. Like, sometimes I'll be in my kitchen like, oh, what do I want to eat? Oh, I don't feel like hummus and veggies today. Like, what? I really feel like mixed nuts. And, you know, whatever it was in there, I know my body was telling me that. As opposed to just needing to eat because it's lunchtime. Yep. You know, last yesterday I had a shorter window than usual, like I mentioned. And right after dinner, I was like, have I had enough? And I'm like, I need the handful. Chad makes this homemade trail mix of like peanuts and he puts in raisins and dried cranberries. So I just scooped out a little handful of that and closed my window with some peanuts. And I don't know, is my body telling me I hadn't had enough calories? I mean, I don't know, but my body said I needed something else. And the, the little more, little more energy dense. I don't often reach for the peanuts, but that sounded like exactly what I wanted. And then I was satisfied. Boop, window closed. I was done. It, it's powerful to be able to listen. It's so powerful. Yeah. So tell me about some of your um, your non scale victories. Oh my gosh! Like I was writing them out or like yesterday and just thinking like some of them sound so crazy. I love the crazy ones. No, <laughs> right? my skin tags are gone. 
I had gestational diabetes with my second son and I started fasting when he was about three and a half. So like the after care for gestational diabetes is you do the glucose tolerance test after you're no longer pregnant to see is your diabetes gone. And so mine was gone. I was not type two diabetic, you know, after I gave birth, um, but I still had skin tags. Um, and I still had them when I started fasting and they, they were gone. I don't know, maybe within the first year, but completely gone. My stretch marks are pretty, they're not gone, gone, but way. I'm trying to look at mine. Let's see. Mine are still there. (laughs) Yeah. And I like, I had them on my stomach from pregnancies. I had them on my legs from growing as a teen. They're yeah. Way reduced. My what's it called? Keratosis pilaris, the bumpy on the back of my arms, that's gone. I used to have really, really dry, scratchy elbows and knees and ankles. Yes. Especially in winter, but it wouldn't necessarily just be winter. Those are gone. My PMS is almost gone. Like I used to get menstrual cramps. Now I don't get menstrual cramps. Yeah. Oh, I had another. Oh, my hair is curlier. That's so funny. So I had bone, bone, pin straight hair as a young child and blue eyes until I hit puberty. My eyes turned green and my hair, it wasn't, no one would have said I had wavy hair as a kid, but it had a little bit of texture to it. Before puberty, if my mom put a curling iron in, it would not even hold a curl. After puberty, okay, maybe it would hold a curl with the curling. And then with each pregnancy, my hair got a little bit wavier and then now after fasting, it is, it's significantly wow. So obviously there's some hormone stuff Something. going on with that. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Now I wanted to ask you about your skin. Cause I know people ask this all the time, you know, they're like, you know, I'm, if I lose a hundred pounds, will I have hanging skin? Cause we've all seen, you know, the TV shows where people lose a lot of weight and then they have to have skin surgery. You know, I lost 80 pounds and don't have hanging skin, but How's your skin bounced back? Your premenopause, which has a lot to do with, you know, having better skin elasticity. How's your skin done? It's okay. So I'm probably 115 pounds lighter than my highest weight because that's when I was bright. I actually had an unrelated surgery um, in November, but it was... So, so I had a breast reduction okay. surgery um, last November. And that was something that I had, um, like I had wanted that. I remember in 2008, I had a coworker who had it done. And I was like, that was way before I had kids, way before I was married. But I had that same and tucked in the back of my mind, like, oh, as soon as I'm done having kids, I'm done breastfeeding. I want that done. So I did ask my doctor for that when I was done breastfeeding. Um, so I got that surgery done in November. And I kind of halfway joke, but not quite a joke with my surgeon of like, oh, so is there anything you could do about my mommy tummy at the same time? Uh, Because, you know, in, in Ontario, we have publicly funded healthcare. So my surgery was covered under a healthcare and she looked at me and laughed and was like, oh no, that would not be. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't have a bikini body. Oh no, I don't either. Although, you know what, you know what, I take that back. 
I probably will be wearing a bikini this summer, but it'll be a high. That's what I do. I, I I like a little skirt on the bottom just because of my my shape. But I have a high waisted skirt that comes up you know to my belly button, and then I'll wear a bikini top with it. That's as good as it's going to be for me. <laughs> you know, I never have been walking around in a bikini bottom since forever. <laughs> yeah, so I don't have like a flat model type tummy, but. Uh, definitely nothing that would be considered close to needing surgery as, as like proven by the surgeon. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not, there's a little wrinkle there, but it's not like hanging skin, like nothing like you would see on those. Well, my belly is like that too. You know, we, I had two babies as well and that's just a very normal thing, but you know, we, we just, we see. Those the hanging skin, you know, and like some of those weight loss shows where they've had whatever. And with intermittent fasting, if you're fasting clean and if you're young enough to still have good skin elasticity, autophagy really takes care of a lot of that. So I I wanted to to mention it. So I'm so glad. But you like you don't look you don't look like you lost 115 pounds when you're wearing your bathing suit. No, I don't. I'm proud to say Me that. Me too. Me too. Actually, though, I will say post-menopause, I got a little saggier. So <laughs> that's just normal for the normal for the skin elasticity, and I'm I'm going to be okay with it. In fact, when we are finished recording today, I'm going to go walk on the beach. I might put on my bathing suit. Oh, I'm jealous. Well, it's it's a really pretty day. Oh, the wind is starting to pick up in the afternoon, but we shall see. So, um, are there, have you had any health victories that you know of? I didn't have any like identifiable health problems Mm -hmm. beforehand, Um, but I know that my A1C has gone down before my A1C was like 5.4 when I started and it's 5.0 now. So that's good. I did get my fasting insulin tested recently, which I wasn't sure if I would be able to or not because someone on your podcast that I heard recently was from Ontario and they said that they couldn't get it done. So my doctor put in the request for me and yeah, I, I got it tested and it's four point Fabulous. So, that is right there again, in I don't optimal. have a baseline, yeah. but I know like, I know that my body is happy with what I'm doing and my doctor is happy with what I'm doing. So, so your doctor knows you're fasting. Yeah. 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 So I went to see her about a year in. And again, so that was when I, I was like a year in and had lost, I can't remember, like 70 ish pounds in a year. And at that point, I was still losing. And I was sort of like, how do I know when I'm healthy? Right. Like, I'm not in it for I don't have a goal number. I don't want to do this until I'm X weight. I want to do this. So I'm healthy. And my question was sort of like, how do I know? And she was sort of like, well, do you feel restricted when you're fasting? And I was like, no, absolutely not. Like I feel so great when I'm fasting. And then when I eat, I eat delicious food that I love eating. And when I'm full, I stop eating. Like I feel great. And she's like, well, that's step one. Like that, yeah. that's basically That's as it. hard as it has and to she, be, right? How do you feel? She was happy with that. She was happy if that was the final answer that was done. And I was sort of like, and like, I'm a math person. I'm a numbers person. I was sort of like, I don't know. Can we get some evidence though? Like, I like. I don't want the number to be when you're this weight right. or when your BMI is this number. That's not the evidence I want, but I want something. And so she was like, "Okay, well, we can test the things that you might struggle with if you're restricting. So, like, 
we'll test your B12, your vitamin D, like we'll test those things. And if those are fine, then is she's sort of like, would that make you happy? And I was like, yes, if you can tell me that my body is healthy, then I'm happy. And she's like, great, like, let's do that. And all of those things came back fine. My iron was a little bit low, but I'm also a regular blood donor. Yeah, so that does lower your iron. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I've always had low iron, you know. even like prior to fasting, prior to having children, like my, like always, whenever I've gone to the OBGYN and they checked your iron level, mine's always been low. I talked to Dr. Tim Spector recently for the podcast. It Ooh. comes out a few weeks right before yours or a couple weeks before yours. And um, we talked about things like vitamin D levels. And I don't remember if we specifically said iron levels, but he said, you know, there's that whole range of normal, but some people are mm-hmm. healthy at a low range of normal. And I'm yeah. like, that is so interesting because I've always, you know, if I always, people sometimes have checked my my iron, for example, and said, do you feel really bad? Do you have any energy? I'm like, I have great energy. I feel amazing. You know, so. Yeah. I think, I think I'm like that with iron yeah. because my iron was a little bit low. And then, so I said, okay, well, I'll just stop donating blood for a little while. I'll focus. I'll, you know, like make sure the food I'm eating has a lot of iron in it. I'll see how I go and then retest again. And then, so I did that. And my number was pretty much the same, but she was just like, okay, well, like, do you feel good? I was like, no, I, I feel great. Right. Like I don't. And she was sort of like, okay, well, like you can you know, take a iron supplement if you want, but like, if you feel good, then I'm not worried. That That's and exactly. Like, okay. Yeah. So even the ranges of, of normal and being low normal and, and Tim Spector even mentioned vitamin D, the same kind of a thing that, you know, you might be clinically what they call low, but if depending on your your ethnicity, your genetic background, that might be absolutely fine for you. And that made me think about it in a different way. So I'm thinking about that differently. You know, I get sun on my skin every day. So anyway, <laughs> I do what I can. So you mentioned before that you love to work out. Do you still do you still love to work out? What, what does that look like for you now? As a mom, life is a workout, right? Yeah. So, you know, we're like, working little kids, everything going on. So I don't go to the gym now, but I'm starting, uh, actually next in two days, I'm starting my first boot camp at the rec center right near my house. So I'm excited for that. So that'll be like a weekly, like really hard workout. I play hockey. So I was on a hockey oh, team again this year. So I did. Yeah. So, um, but actually, but it's, you know, it's the, the, the league for not very competitive oh. adult women. So it's not like, like we're not going to the Olympics or anything, my, but you know, it's still my cousin-in-law, Chad's cousin. She does like, um, roller derby. which I think Oh, that's fun. I was like, that does sound fun, but I'm, I'm like, I'd get injured or something. I think they can be a little like bumping into each other or something. I don't yeah. know. It sounds fun being on skates. Y'all are ice skating though, right? Yeah, yeah, they're on. Yeah. We're we're more roller down here than ice. <laughs> yeah, and like with the boys in the summer, we're definitely we're on our bikes all the time. We try. I, I try to walk and bike whenever we can. So I would say I'm active, but don't like work out yeah. anymore. But it is something I want to get back into. But like now that I can see how healthy and how good my body feels without doing that, I'm I'm less inclined to want to join the gym again. And especially to pay for the gym yeah. when I don't have to. So. Well, I've realized I don't want to go somewhere and do something on a timetable. And people who've been listening haven't heard me talk about water aerobics. I haven't been to water aerobics since September. I went out of town, broke the habit. Then we moved over to the beach house. And 
thinking about going back, I don't want to get up and go somewhere where I have to be there at like nine o'clock. Instead, I want to wander onto the beach when it feels right, walk around a little bit and come home and jump on my rebounder when it feels right. That just, that's how I feel good. And, you know, I don't want to have to be somewhere. And, I, you know, a friend of mine does Pilates locally. And I, I went to Pilates in Augusta and enjoyed it. And one time, have you ever done Pilates with the machines? A lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. But I don't want to have to go there and do it. <laughs> so I'm doing a little Pilates in my living room just whenever the, the, the mood strikes yeah, me. Yeah, I have some light, dumb, like light dumbbells that I do little workouts at home and like body weight stuff like squats and and. I have some resistance bands. So I do stuff at home, but uh, I'm excited to get my boot camp going for I have like a hard workout. That, that does sound like if you love that, that then you will have fun there. Do you have friends that are going to be going there with you at the same time? No, it's just going to be me. But You'll meet some we'll friends. See, maybe in six weeks. I, I might uh, email you and tell you in six weeks. Actually, I hated it. <laughs> well, well also with your, with your kids being young, sometimes you just need to get out of the house and do something. And it's so close to my house too. So I just have to walk over to the community. Oh, that'll be, that'll be nice. So is there anything that you struggle with? At this point, not really. In terms of like fasting and, and feasting, there's nothing that I struggle with now. There's a little bit of, um, like social aspects of, I, I wish more people were on my team. Right. Like I went, you know, like I just wish. I think there are some people who don't really agree with fasting and I wish they really understood it better and did agree with it. So I don't know if I'll be able to change perspectives or not, but well, I don't know. one of the best things for me is realizing that you don't have to change their perspective. <laughs> they can think what yeah. they think. And, you know, we hear that a lot, like in the community, somebody will come in and they're like, or they'll be like, I was in a Facebook group and they said this and this and this. And what should I say to them? I'm like, nothing. You should say nothing to them. You should walk away. <laughs> it is not your job to convince people if they're not ready to hear it. Don't argue with them about insulin response or why your coffee needs to be black. Just do you do you, right? Yeah. Yeah. On the flip side, I have the opposite situation where I have people who um, who I hadn't seen in a long time because of COVID and because we had moved. So I literally had people who didn't recognize. Oh, I bet. And, and then, and I told them what I was doing, but not in a way of like trying to convince them they should do this too. But then later I've had a few people come back and say like, oh, hey, like I've started this. And like one, one friend asked me to sort of troubleshoot some issues she was having. And then another friend told me just like, she, again, not in it for weight loss, but for health, health reasons, she was like, I'm doing this now and I feel so great. And, and now, and she is a runner and she's like, my runs are so much better now, even though I wasn't expecting that. I, there's nothing better than watching somebody, you know, planting that seed and then watching somebody else succeed. Like that is such a good feeling. And, you know, not wanting to be pushy, obviously, but, you know, planting that seed. And that's why I, I say always share. And if someone is not receptive or if they throw something back at you. Like I read a new, an article that said intermittent fasting made you die or something. You're like, okay, thank you. I feel great. <laughs> well, all right. Maybe. That happens to us all eventually. Yeah, so. It'll happen. <laughs> you do not have to defend intermittent fasting out in the world, I guess is my advice to everybody who's listening because Lord, you can't defend everything out in the world. <laughs> Just do, do what makes you feel good. And that's the best. It speaks for itself. So we are almost out of time. 
What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? So I know that it's always recommended to take photos and measurements ahead of time. I did not take measurements and I wish I did. I don't have my weight. I have my photos from a few weeks in, but not the very beginning. There's this app called Me360. I have seen people using that. Yep. Which I wish I had started that at the beginning because I started that like less than a year ago. So my my change is very small, but that is um, good. I like that. Um, so that was Me360 for anybody who wasn't sure what that was. And it what it does, it like yeah. scans and, you and photos. Is that what it does? Yeah. You take photos with your phone and it comes up with a, like a body scan type image and little calculation of, you know, percent body fat and that sort of thing. Um, obviously it's not right. Like, it's estimating not a perfect, yeah. but yeah, it's enough. But it, you can still use it to track um, your progress and see how your body changes mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, just give yourself time to get used to it. Uh, like, as I said, I was so motivated at the beginning because I really, really wanted to support my sister, but I did have some struggles at the beginning. Like I had headaches at the beginning. I think so many people um, say they like, you know, if you're hungry, drink water. And then you just end up drinking so much water that you're flushing out all your food. Yes. If you're like, don't overdo the water. If you don't think you're thirsty, if you're getting headaches for me, salt really helped at the beginning when I was going through that transition, but I don't ever supplement with like with electrolytes or salt now. Yeah, I don't either. And Um, you know, there are a lot of people out there who, you know, really trying to say everyone must have electrolytes. So people think if I'm fasting, I must buy a lot. No, I've never supplemented with electrolytes. And, um, you know, I do drink mineral water right now. I'm drinking Topo Chico and sometimes I'll drink San Pellegrino and those do have some minerals in there. Uh, minerals don't break the fast, but I've never one time been like needing electrolytes. But if you're drinking too much water, that can absolutely happen. And that can lead to the headaches. That's the part that's so confusing. People have been told to drink so much water like it's a magical weight loss elixir and it's, it's not, yeah. especially while you're yeah. fasting. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I know that like probably most people who are coming to fasting, if they're coming to this podcast, they're probably reading fast feeds repeat, but if they haven't read delay, don't deny, maybe read fast feeds repeat, but have that phrase in mind. Like that phrase delay, don't deny is so powerful. Like I have never denied myself anything in fasting but I have delayed things you know I've delayed it a couple hours and I've delayed it a, a day and a half or a couple of days but I've never felt restricted because I don't deny myself anything I even delayed for a, like, so 10 great. weeks in in spring of 2015 I delayed alcohol for 10 weeks and then I introduced it back in when I got to my goal so just think of it as a delay whether it's a, for the day or for longer whatever your body needs I love that I really I love that phrase delay don't deny and I feel like that was that was something that just came to me from the universe it was the right phrase at the right time yeah. but I was talking to well I was talking to an agent at one time this is in probably 2018 or 2019 and she's like the title of delay don't deny is all wrong it's all wrong <laughs> I'm like, all right, you're not my agent. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Michelle, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you today. And thank you so much for sharing your story. You too. Thanks so much for having me. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N 
at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.